0: Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with the one and only Spencer Theron. Spence, it's good to see you.
1: How you doing, sis? Right?
0: Yeah, I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm really good. Even better for speaking to you. <laughs>
0: That's always nice to hear. <laughs> uh, how's your day so far? Are you go- I know it's quite late over there now.
1: Uh, it's coming up to 9 p.m., and yeah, it's it's all good. I uh, was just busy. Um, speaking to your good friend Coug and Cassius so yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but yeah apart from that I'm good
0: so what you're saying is you did an interview with him just before me and the interview's probably going to go out around the same time
1: yeah but <laughs> be- Coug Cougar and Cassius ain't beautiful so it's all good
0: we're going to have to mix it up a little bit then we're going to have to mix it up we're going to have to talk about things you probably didn't cover
1: Nah, it don't make no difference people are still gonna people are still gonna click because it's me good or bad they're still gonna <laughs> click
0: all right Spence um lots to talk about obviously you just did a you're the one who broke the story in regards to Mark Breland giving his side of the story I watched the interview and at first it seems like he was like you know he didn't really want to say much he was okay with not saying much. But then as the interview progressed, you could see where although he was he was trying to keep himself from saying too much, he ended up saying a lot. And, and, and that to some people online, they felt like he probably shouldn't have said anything at all. Although I completely disagree. If that was me, I probably would have said something myself. So tell me a bit about... Um, you know you're doing the interview and what do you make of people sort of saying that he it was best that he he didn't say anything at all
1: no um i can't win because people are saying oh well we should have probed him even more i want people to realize about two hours before we did the interview i'm known Mark for a long time uh about 15 years personally um and if you can remember last year when it went viral, it's like, every time this month, I always go, I, I go viral and get quoted by all the newspapers because I was the one that was, was talking about him not being allowed in his ch- in, into Deontay Wilder's change room after the fight uh, and that he left and, and how he's going to be sacked, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: To which Deontay Wilder and his stable said, no, we're not going to sack him. But yet a few months later,
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A few months back now, he just got fired. But I told you that from last year, February. Right. Right? So I had the inside on the inside from then. I knew what was going on. Right. Um, and yeah, we got the we got the interview. So myself and Tundi and Gary Blake. We set up for the interview, and I get a message from Mark Breland. So I phone him and then he said, Hold up one second and he puts his uh, his lawyer on the line. So I'm thinking, right, this is pretty heavy stuff, right? You get a lawyer to come on the line now to talk to me. Like, I don't, I do don't, the only time I go to court is when I'm buying carpet for my mom. That's an English <laughs> joke, so that right back, right? So, <laughs> so he was like, um, yeah, she got on the phone. She was like, you know what, Spence, respect everything you've done. We've seen the video where he was defending Mark last year, and I think that was fabulous and that, but, you know, it's going to be a bit difficult to do the interview. And I said, listen, you don't have to say anything about Deontay Wilder, but we are going to touch on it because it's on live chats as well. So people are going to ask, right? Yeah. So the easiest thing for you to say is that you wish Deontay Wilder nothing but the best and leave it at that. You know what I mean? And when I say Wallahi, that means I swear by God. You know what I mean? I swear on my children's lives. I said, right, that's what you should say. Now, if you watch the interview, I sent out Circular, we're in a WhatsApp group, me, Tundi and Gary.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, but I didn't want to kill Tundi's energy. So I sent him a message, but he didn't see the message. Cause I sent him the group, but Tundi didn't see the message. Cause I didn't see the double ticks go up. And I said, good, I'm glad you didn't see it because Tundi was unaware. So, but prior I said, let's just talk about the guy's career and everything that he's did. And the, you know, I mean, the fact that he was a, uh, a World Games gold medalist in 82 and a gold medalist in the Olympics in 84. He was in, like one of the greatest Olympic teams of all time and l- let's talk about that. You know, he graced the, the Ring magazine uh, uh, front page of the Ring magazine when he was an amateur. That's unheard of. No one. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A five-time golden glove champion, surpassing Sugar robinson Let's talk about one of that. Which he did and he was comfortable with it. Right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and then Tundi, because Tundi didn't get the memo from me. And that's the truth. We weren't. We said Mark Tundi didn't get it. So Tundi says, no, you know what I mean? I just want to touch on that a little bit about the Deontay Wilder thing. And I know how I would be if somebody said that about me. And Mark Breland said what he said. Yeah. Right. So Mark Breland turned around and said, Right. Well, he's done. Deontay's done. And I'm done. And then he stopped and says, Well, I'm done with him. Regardless. People going to interpret that like, right, you're saying that Deontay Wilder's done. Now, then on top of that, you said, no one will put no gun to your head, you know? Right? You said that if Deontay Wilder was fight Tyson Fury again, he'd, he'd get beat. When Tundi Ajayi, my brother from another mother, asked him, <laughs> uh, what, what, what do you think of this cheating of the glove and all the rest of it? He said, Tyson Fury didn't cheat. Mm-hmm. Right? He also said, why is everyone trying to blame me over, over um, water and, and, and everything else when... You know what I mean, I didn't, I didn't come to the ring with no water. But he did administer water to Deontay Wilde to drink while the fight was going on. Right? Mm-hmm. But he wasn't the one that inspected the gloves. J.D.'s was the guy that inspected the gloves of Tyson Fury. To which... Mark Brunen alluded to that if the guy, Tyson Fury said, what JDs know about boxing? Tyson uh, uh Ty could have a cast in his hand. He wouldn't have known. Right? So, and I'm I'm kind of in agreement with him because, and this is no disrespect to JDs, JDs is, is, uh, is, is uh, I'm not impressed with his work that he does as a trainer. And the reason why, because you as a trainer, your testimony as a trainer, is what you produce, right? You know, like it says, like you will know the tree by the fruit that it bears. And as we say that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So if your aura is nonsense, your fighter will be nonsense. Because rhythmically, Deontay Wilder, who's a very athletic man, Right? Seriously, very athletic. I've seen him do the, the twerking business. You know what I mean? What's that all about? You know what I mean? Come on, man. I'm African. We don't do them things. Anyway, right? But <laughs> I'm saying to you that you are limited ability because you become reliant on just touching a guy on the chin and they go to sleep. He's punching power like he's an evangelical preacher. It's ridiculous he's punching power. But you become reliant on that so much that everything else you got look at. If you used to go look at, right then, agility in the ring. What would you give Deontay Wild? You're going out marks of 10, right? Then you go marks out a 10, punching power. You give him a 15. But every other uh, uh, facet of your game is suffering or has suffered because you have become this diva. And this is not my words. Mark Brina was saying it's like certain times in his statement. Deontay Wilder's better come to the gym or waiting all two, three hours for him to come to the gym. Deontay Wilder, by his own admission, says he don't really like the training. He don't like it. Mark Breland was the one that said that you don't skip rope. We never asked you does he skip rope. What did he do? Mark Breland was saying that he doesn't do things to, 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 to and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, to the authenticity of where he grew up or how the game was. Because when Mark Breland grew up, he grew around guys who could fight. He was in a crunk gym with Tommy Hearns. Mm-hmm. With Mike McCollum, these are legends of the game. So,
0: Spence, no. Do you, do you feel? Because I know at one point, I don't know how serious this was, but I know at one point that Floyd Mayweather had said, if he if if I trained Deontay Wilder, he could beat Tyson Fury. What do you what do you make of that? Do you think that? Do you think that if he he did ch- uh, change trainers or add maybe not change trainers but add someone to to
1: his corner that you know yeah you know what um if you look at history and i'm a great uh uh, i use history as a a great measuring stick um it takes about five fights for you to get used to your trainer Mm. takes about five fights and has deontay wilder got five fights to learn from Floyd Mayover um, and when Floyd's saying that I get where Floyd's coming from but f- sometimes master fighters don't become master trainers it's very rare in essence that you see a great fighter become a great trainer you know why because you've been to the mountaintop and and the mountaintop that Floyd Mayova is on as a retired fighter is head and shoulders above any fighter in history, especially mm-hmm. the amount of money that he's made. So would Floyd Mayer desire be in it for, for, you, know, you know, well, no, I think Floyd Mayer was very, very clever at saying the right things to, to get public attention. Mm. That's what I believe. He's very, very clever at that. He's a master of that. He's a master manipulator of things like that. Um, and, and that's why Floyd Mayer is spoken about as one of the greatest to ever do it. Not only, and I would say that when it comes to greatness, I've got to say that Floyd Mayer was most probably in sports, one of the greatest business people ever Mm -hmm. because he trades on people disliking him Mm -hmm. because he knows they're going to come and pay to come and see me. It's different now. If you're retired, people ain't going to pay to come and see you because you're retired. And maybe now we're going to see more of the philanthropic Floyd Mayer or the the nice Floyd Mayer now. But I don't think Floyd Mayer could change anything in Deontay Wilder because, but Deontay Wilder rubbish those claims anyway because I think that Deontay Wilder is surrounded, and I'm saying that again, by yes men. That's right. I've said it. And all of the guys around them, I'm talking to you. Yes, you. Who are around Deontay Wilder? You're yes men, Because real guys pull you guys to one side and have serious words with them. Real guys, you know what I mean? When you got a friend, that's your friend. That means like you don't have to, to, to draw them down publicly, but you pull them to one side and say, Bridget, you shouldn't have done that. You, know? you should behave a certain way. You should, And you ain't got none of those kind of people. Reason why? Because I may be wrong, but I don't think Alabama is a very wealthy state, is it?
0: I've never been, so I can't...
1: But is it wealthy? No, no, no. Is it wealthy? Is it, We sort turn around and say, like, it's a very affluent state?
0: I would really be speaking out of line if I said yes or no, because I honestly don't okay. know the answer okay. to that. Mm-hmm. But
1: what, what I am saying is, we know of the things of Alabama. We know of, if history will tell you that, the can. Confederacy was very strong in Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. So I could, I could, I could only imagine the uh, racial abuse that Deontay Wilder has gone through in his life, mm-hmm. right? I could, I, right? I'm just keeping it eyes right.
0: He's spoken openly about those things. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, 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 therefore, what I'm saying is, but you're the one that's got the bus. You're the one that's blown. You're more right. timing than there. And when you're a multi-millionaire, if you're not hanging out with other guys who are multi-millionaires, everybody around you is going to be kissing your ass. I guarantee you. Right? Because you're in a millionaire's club. Everyone else is associated to the millionaire's club because of you. So I sometimes think- you've gotta got to evaluate your circle. Right? And if you don't... All- if you're it, Yeah, of course. But I'm saying more so to Deontay yeah. Wilder because the ludicrous claims, which I believe are ludicrous, because if they're not ludicrous, come with your evidence. And if they are true to the evidence that you come out with, I am going to be the bit, I'll be outside walking down 10 Downing Street with picket signs saying, get Deontay Wilder a rematch and sack Mark Breland. I'll have picket sign, I'll be walking around here. Mm-hmm. If you don't come with all no evidence, then shut up, man. They're just silly accusations. Mm-hmm.
0: So um, Deontay Wilder recently spoke with um 78 sports tv he said uh, about the mark reelan interview with you he says it's like where is it all coming from is it because of where i am in life and your career was short it's all making sense now he's been envying me he's been jealous now all this shit is truly coming out what do you make of him saying that in regards to your interview
1: if Deontay Wilder didn't sack him, and then not just say, all right, then we can't work together, cool, i get that one, but then say, no, but you poison my water, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is very, This sounds very similar. You know, I love history. You know, this is, uh, I love history. George Foreman in 1974, when he got beat by Ali, George Foreman was tra- Was trained by a man called Dick Sadler. Dick Sadler was the brother of Sandy Sadler, who's one of the greatest favorites of all time for uh he he fought willie pep who to me is he's my hero willie pep young kids out there go watch willie pep fantastic Fire, right in the 40s and 50s and sandy sadler brother dick sadler who was training george foreman and george foreman technically wasn't very good even though he won an olympic gold medal in 1968 in mexico but technically he wasn't very good right and Ali beats him. Ali was never meant to beat him in the Rumble in the Jungle in October of 1974. And Ali did beat him. Mm -hmm. Ali, not only did Ali beat him, but it was historic in in the manner of which it was the first World Heavyweight Championship in, in Africa, promoted by a black man having two black champions coming out there, Ali being the people's champion and George Foreman being the undisputed champion. George Foreman, after the fight, blamed... Dick Sadler for poisoning his water. So this is what I've noticed with guys who have this air of invincibility, once it is broken, they can't accept what has happened in their reality because it goes against their thinking of their paradigm. Mm-hmm. And whatever you think about, you bring about. So therefore, as far as he's concerned, he's water poisoned. But I'm sure that you get drug tested after you fight. And I'm sure if it was and everyone's got it in for Deontay Wilder, then bring that one up and say that you were on drugs as well, or you were drugged, or there was something in you. Right? Make up your mind. First, it was the suit was too heavy.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Right? Then it was the fact that your legs were shot. Then it was the fact that now your water's being drugged. So what is it? So, no, I'm sorry, man. And this has got me having nothing against Deontay Wilder. Because as you know, Michelle, I know a lot about boxing. Without me boasting, I know a lot about boxing. right you Some, Right, someone's got to wake up very early in the morning to surpass what I know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's not me being cocky, I'm talking about that, especially on the histrionics. I love this sport. Sometimes you've got to take responsibility. And when you take responsibility, then you can brush yourself off and you can come again. And unfortunately, Deontay Wilder hasn't taken responsibility. Take responsibility, brother. Because I think you know what, talent wise, he's very, very athletic. And if he got taught certain fundamentals, then he could still be a force to be reckoned with. If you got that punching power, and Deontay Wilder knew how to pop a jab like Tommy Hearns, ugh, trouble. It'd be trouble. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, he doesn't know that, and and that's it.
0: You know, it's interesting because. Uh, I've Deontay Wilder was uh, one of the first people I've ever met in boxing. I've known him forever. I think he's a great guy. I think it's unfortunate uh, seeing how everything's sort of unfolding. I always say, and this is, this is in response to people online who were saying Mark Breland shouldn't have said anything. He should have just left it alone. He should have stayed quiet. I actually believe that is if Deontay could speak his truth, and I say his truth because he truly believes in what he's saying.
2: Yes, he so believe
1: his that, truth, Michelle.
0: Yeah, I believe that anyone else who has been sort of singled out with accusations has every right to speak their truth as well, whether or not we agree with it. It doesn't matter. I just think that um, it's unfortunate to see it sort of all unfolding in front of everyone because this is a long relationship that they've had. I mean, Deontay Walder has started his career alongside Mark Breland. So I, I'm actually quite sad to see how it's sort of unfolding at this point. I think it's really unfortunate and I don't really know what's going on. I mean, I the accusations are all over the place and I I'm, I'm a factual arguer. So like you were saying, if there's evidence, I would like to see the evidence such as like the drug tests or anything else for that matter. Otherwise, I think it is a very dangerous, it's very dangerous to say something and not back it up with full on facts because it, it is, it's it's defamation. It is at the end of the day, if there are no facts to back it up. And I'm not saying he says he does have it. If he has it, like you said, then let's see it.
1: Michelle, Michelle, just what I'm saying. If he's got it, Come out and show it and i told you i'll be the biggest guy championing me too i think everyone Blanca would i
0: think right? everyone would
1: but but you haven't so therefore is it something that you've conjured up in your mind and you just believe it anyway that like, nah, cause i didn't feel right he must have drunk me. i was drunk right i've told you i've just alluded to history george Foreman said the same thing right and george Foreman was a far more better accomplished uh, um, amateur and uh, and and has gone down in the analogy of history as one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. So therefore, what I'm saying is this: maybe you need to listen to these g- these guys. And I'm going to tell you the next thing. I saw an interview a little while ago with I think it was after the Dominic Brazil knockout, which was mm-hmm. a hellacious knockout, right? And I think Amanda Halliwell went to speak to him, and it's it was seeming seemingly like. Um, Deontay Wild was being dismissive of Van der Holiford. And Van der Hollywood one of the greatest to ever do it, right? So I'm saying, maybe you're just believing the hype. And I'm saying, this, I don't business what you say about me, because I remember when you interviewed him, um, Michelle, and he said, oh man, who that guy, Spencer on he don't know about boxing. Hold up a second. You could say anything you want to say about me, right? You could say anything, that one thing you can't say, you can't say I'm ugly because I'm a handsome guy and I'm 47 <laughs> as well, right? That's number one. And you can't say that I don't know boxing. Yeah. Right. And that's that. That is sacrilege. You go call that. I am not a person who just woke up one day and said, oh, this boxing thing, and let me carry a let me carry a camera around and get interviews. No, sir. I've done it in reverse. I've done more. I've done in the game. And I have a ridiculous black book where I know everybody. And the best thing is this: when I talk to people, I know you as a fighter. If I'm talking to other fighters, I know everything on you. That's my strength. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but I want everybody to win and I'll go and I'll help anybody not because uh oh, it makes me feel good inside because it does make me feel good inside but I just love to help other people I would love to have a conversation with Deontay Wilder and break down history of boxing with him just the history of boxing right because Deontay Wilder got in his head that I'm a, I'm a kind of hater on him I'm not hating on you because you got you got nothing for me to hate on nothing for me to hate on you I want the best for Deontay Wilder. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, he don't want the best for himself because if he did want the best for himself, he wouldn't have idiots around him whispering in his ear, talking nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I've said it.
0: Well, we know that uh, Deontay Wilder is more than likely to make his return against, we hearing, Charles Martin, uh, former IBF heavyweight champion, uh, best known for fighting Anthony Joshua, as you know, and that's how Anthony Joshua got the title, the IBF title's first title. Um, what do yep, you make of that? I remember
1: the night? night, me you were there in Anthony's change room. I remember that <laughs> night, that was a glorious night, man. Do
0: you remember that's when AJ uh, did a rap?
1: Yes. He did the rap, yes. yeah, yeah, Yes, he did, a freestyle, he would already got a freestyle, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And
1: it was like, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna lie, you're a heavyweight champion of the world, you knock my lights out, you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember he said, he's like, I was like, can you do a rap for us? He's like, no, nah, but if I win, if I win, I'll do it. That's why I held him to it. I'm like, all right, you won. Let's do this. So that was, that was one remember, of the, the I remember, it was me,
1: you, and Radio Raheem in the change room of him. Yeah. I remember that.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Radio, Radio Raheem should have done the beatbox. Anyway, but that's another story. For <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> what do you make of that fight, though?
1: Um, You know what? Here's a man, um, Charles Martin, only lost one fight to, to Joshua. And he looked impressive in his last fight out. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know what? It be You know what? I'll tell you why it'd be good. Because D'Onte want has shown that he can actually handle Southpaw's. But it's not like he handles them technically. It's just that I'm just waiting to knock you out. Like he did against Luis Ortiz. Um, so it'd be, it'd be interesting because... Charles Martin, if Charles Martin gets into a rhythm, it could be trouble for for anyone. Um, But I don't think Charles Martin has enough quick-twitch fibre in him to deal with the onslaught that Deontay Wilder could unleash. But I'm saying this, if, once your bubbles burst, once your bubbles burst, it's it's difficult to regroup. Mm. Especially when it it seems to me that you're doing more, more talking and more accusing them than training. And that's what I'm saying. You, you know what I mean? I rate anyone who's come from where he's come from to, to amass what he's amassed and to become a WBC heavyweight champion of the world. Regardless of this how you got the title, I don't give a damn. It's amazing because you have multiple world title defenses as well. But every time in those those defenses there are certain times where you were getting you were getting out of box before you landed that killer blow. Mm-hmm. And you were getting out of box by people that we don't even we don't even know anymore. We don't know the guys, right? Mm-hmm. So that proves that there's a chink in your armor. And the chink in your armor was ruthlessly exposed by Tyson Fury. Not in the second fight, in the first fight it was ruthlessly exposed. Because Tyson Fury fought two men that you wouldn't hire for sparring.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I swear to God, you wouldn't hire them guys for sparring. And then went in there and fought Deontay Wilder. So no Deontay Wilder. <laughs>
0: Spence, if you were Tyson Fury and Deontay Walder had made the accusations that you had made, um, I'm sorry, that he made to you, would you, would you fight him a third time? Would you do it?
1: No, I'm going to be real. No, I would, I would I'll tell you why I wouldn't fight him a third time. I wouldn't fight him a third time for the simple reason is that as far as I am concerned, we fought twice, I beat twice. That's number one. So what am I fighting you again for? There's no there's no need to fight well, him again.
0: Well, to, to to play devil's advocate here, I mean Deontay's team is basically saying no, like, it's, look, it's we were God's
1: it's God's is God's advocate. We don't do no devil things right now.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Um, but Deontay Wilder's team is basically saying, Well, look, you know, we gave you a shot. We gave you a title shot when no one wanted to fight you. You know, obviously Tyson was just coming. Mean, at that point, I think the last person he had fought was, who was it? It wasn't Wallen, It was Schwartz.
1: Schwartz. Yeah.
0: Yep. So they're basically saying, well, look, we, we we gave you an opportunity. Now you we deserve ours.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. Um, before we uh, go on further, didn't Deontay Wallace say you could have fought AJ for more money but opted to fight Tyson Fury because he wanted to give him a chance? He recently said that, right? Yeah, he did. Okay, then. So how, how was Andy Joshua ducking you? All right, we can continue now. I could just murder these guys, but go on, continue. (laughs) No, regardless of the opportunities I'm trying to say to you, nobody is interested in that fight. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you this now. The interest is AJ versus um, Tyson Fury. That is the fight that people want to see. That's the fight that has been negotiated. And in principle, the deal has been struck for a two-fight deal. Let that fight happen. Well, no. hundred percent. Right. I tell you who Deontay, Deontay Wilder should fight. It should fight Dylan White. Let Dylan White get through victorious against Povetkin and go fight Dylan White. That's who you should fight.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right? Because you're not bringing nothing to the table anymore. No honor rolls, right? By the fact you've been a former heavyweight champion of the world, fight Dylan White.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, that's a fight I would love to see. And you know what? Let me just say this. Dillian has had to fight so many tough opponents, and still no world title. Still no world title. I mean, even yeah, if he, even if he listen, even if he went and fought Deontay Wilder next, it's still like the that is a tough fight. And then still yeah, yeah. no world title. I mean, right. that guy he deserves a break.
1: Right. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan he, he will get it. He's just got to keep on being consistent. And this is how this thing goes. Uh, first, it's the study. Then it's the practice. And then comes the experience. Mm-hmm. He's done that. So right now, Dylan White is one of the most knowledgeable heavyweights out there in the world. Mm-hmm. And now that he's working with um, Xavier Miller and he's also brought in Harold the Shadow Knight, the former USBA um, super featherweight champion. Now he's brought Howard the Shadow Knight in as well. Who worked with Lennox Lewis in Lennox's glory days. Mm -hmm. We're going to see a different Dylan White. Mm -hmm. So maybe um, Deontay Wallace just follows suit to something like what Dylan's done. He's still got his trainer, who's a good trainer, but he's a young trainer. Even though he's not young in age, he looks young, but he's not young in age. Mm -hmm. Right, who's a good trainer, but I sometimes just need those guys with that touches of experience. And that's what Dylan White's done because Dylan White studies the game and not only that, but he's got someone like me to pester him regularly down the phone. Right? <laughs> Deontay Wilder, go get people who know boxing, man, to pester you. No one's not interested in watching Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury right now, apart from the guys on the Lions Den boxing community. Apart from that. Nobody is not interested in it. No one at all. I'm telling you this now, and I'm gonna get all death threats and messages into my Instagram right now. But I don't care. You know, you know True, I mean? true boxing be sending me black fight Fan be sending me threats right now. But it's all good. Like, on the reels, uh, let me say happy birthday to, to black fight fans, is a birthday today. So big up to yourself, um, uh, mama. True boxing, happy birthday, gone.
0: Happy birthday. <laughs> I might be the minority here, but. I still wouldn't mind seeing Deontay Wilder against an Anthony Joshua, or 100, or even a third fight with Tyson. No, no, because, <laughs> I'm
2: being,
1: I'm being real, right? I'm, I'm more interested in Anthony Joshua versus versus Deontay Wilder. Oh, of than course. Let's see, see Tyson Fury. And i will say that fight should happen. And if that fight does happen, it should happen in Nigeria. That's where the fight should happen. Nigeria's got more money than Wow, right? Mm-hmm. They've got it. that that fight. Wait, for which
0: fight? Are you talking about Fury Joshua?
1: No, no. I'm saying I, w- I would like to see Deontay Wilder versus versus AJ. That'd be oh, a big okay. big fight. Like, yeah, that fight. I I'm not too interested. I'm just being real. I'm unless Deontay Wilder was to come back and and be his destructive, terrorist self. I ain't that interested in watching. Um, Deontay, Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. I'm just being real, right? Because you got beat badly, right? You got beat badly. And so I'm not that interested. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. Deontay Wilder came back on a vicious KO spree and all the rest of it. And Andy Joshua was to be victorious against Tyson Fury, which is a massive ox, but I could see it happening. And I'd like to see that fight between AJ AJ and Bomb Squad in Nigeria.
0: I think what's fantastic I think what's fantastic is that we're seeing no matter what what way we turn there are some really good matchups to be made with the undisputed because we do have as we know that the WBO is going to now have Alexander Usyk and Joe Joyce fight for the interim title. We know and that Joe Gillian...
1: Joyce is going to beat Alexander Usyk. Remember I'm telling you. All right? Remember I'm telling you Joe mm-hmm. Joyce is going to beat him. All right? Continue
0: Great, no, great fight between the two. Uh, we know that yes. he, we know that they once fought in the World Series of Boxing. Joe lost to Usyk. Um, yeah,
1: it was over five we, rounds.
0: But we right, but we saw, uh, and obviously, I mean, come on, let's be honest. It, it, as the years progress, everyone, you're supposed to get better. <laughs> And each of them yeah. have gotten better. Um, I think the argument now is Alexander Usyk's size. We saw that he was unable to really do any damage to Derek Chisora. Um, is that, do you, do you feel like that's going to be where he's limited in, in the heavyweight scene? Uh, because a lot Absol- of people, I mean, absolutely. look, sometimes size- science-
1: Absolutely. And simple simple thing is this, the former undisputed World weight champion, Lloyd Hunnigan, who was one of my heroes growing up as a kid. Lloyd Huntington always said to me, Spencer, it's not whether you're big enough, but whether you're good enough. Mm-hmm. And Usik is good enough. Is. And that applies, and that, that analogy applies to any single weight except for the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. Right, we see some great guys, um, Bob Foster, one of the, one of the greatest uh, light heavyweights of all time, a destructive puncher with both hands. He can knock it out with his right hand or a left hook. And when he went up against Muhammad Ali, he got played with when he went up against Joel Frazier and the gap wasn't that big Joel Frazier annihilated him with his left hook so i'm saying no sir when you're up against these guys here i i used to think usyk was going to be a, was going to be he's going to be too much for a lot of these guys because technically there's only there's only one guy that i know in the heavyweight division can do with his iq he's got an amazing iq and that's why Fury. Because Tyson Fury being been born as a fighting man, right? With born bread. This is what he's meant to do. All the rest of the guys have learned along the way. So I don't think that IQ could match Usyk's. Mm. But I think the rough and tumble definitely matched Usyk. Usyk never impressed me against Chaz Witherspoon. Usyk definitely did not impress me against Derek Cesaro. For me to look on that man and think, why AJ, I'll be scared. Tyson Fury, oh, I'll be bricking it. No, sir. Usyk... It was a fantastic cruiserweight. We have evolved as human beings. Heavyweights are bigger now. Um, um, they they train more ferociously, and I think that those guys will be too big, and they could they. There's nothing that he's going to do that's going to surprise them because they won't respect him because I don't think he hits hard enough as heavyweight, right? You Derek Szor gave you a run, and I'm and I'm being honest. Derek Szor is at the tail end of his career, right? So you make you think it was a Derrick Zazora that fought um, Vitali Klitschko. What would have happened? Derek would have been victorious. Mm-hmm. The Derrick Zazora that fought Helenius, What would have happened? Derrick Zazora would have been victorious. I'm telling you because he gave him a run as a, as an old man. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry, Alexander Usyk is not going to beat Joe Joyce. I'm telling you, Joe Joyce um, is very very deceiving for somebody the size that he is, and he doesn't he doesn't fight within his physical ability. So he's got a lot reserved, a lot reserved and he's a very, very good listener and a very good thinker. And I think he would wear down Usyk. Cause I don't think Usyk would have enough power to stop him in his tracks. And I think that he would stop Usyk in around 10 or 11 rounds. All
0: right. Well, Derek Chisora versus Joseph Parker. We know Joseph Parker has a fight in just two weeks against Junior Faw in New Zealand. Should he be successful? We'll finally actually get to see the fight that should have happened a while back. I mean, I don't know specifically how long ago that was, but uh, it was a fight that was supposed to happen that didn't end up happening. Derek Chisora versus Joseph Parker, who wins?
1: I love Derek. So I don't want to speak nothing ill of him, but I'm pretty close to Joseph Parker as well. But I find, I see that fight difficult for Derek to win. I do. I see it. I do. I do. I see it difficult for Derek to win. But whereas Josie Parker is not a concussive puncher, mm-hmm. but he's a hurtful puncher. And he had Dylan White over in the last round. So it makes you know that this guy, he, he, he can dig. And I think it's about who's got more in the tank. And at this time of their retrospective careers, Derek Cesaro has less in the tank than what Josie Parker has in the tank. Mm-hmm. I like both guys, and I want Derek to win, but... I, I, I'm going to be 100. It, to me, it's like David Hayes just wheeling out Derek Cesaro for these big fight, big paydays, big fight, big paydays, right? Because he, he's looking okay. at it like, look, you've learned enough. You've had a very, very long career. Mm-hmm. So now you just got a guy out there, and we're going to get you the biggest fights you the most money. And as long as Derek. Keeps on putting on strong performances because potentially Derek could actually win this fight. But I just can't see I just think like um, Parker's Parker's got a little bit more in the tank, but you can never write off Derek Cezora because if Derek Cezora is catching that left hook, you know what I mean? And that overhand right, you don't believe me? Just ask Carlos Takao. You know what I mean? Just ask spit Ask those guys. You'll find out what's going on. Then you never know. But I'd have to favor, begrudgingly, I'd have to favor Josie Parker to win.
0: Um, let's talk about the undisputed fight. All I'm going to say Spence is that is literally the highlight for me. When I think of 2021, I'm thinking, holy shit. I can't believe we're actually going to get the undisputed fight. there was for a moment that we weren't quite sure what direction the WBO was going to take, I'm grateful that they were able to figure it out so that all the belts were on the line for this fight. We don't know exactly where it's going to take place. We're hearing possibly in the Middle East, um, maybe Saudi, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, I'm not quite sure. Uh, Credit to both sides of the both teams and multi, you know, different promoters, different networks for willing to come together to make this fight happen. Um, let's talk a bit about the mega fight. A lot of people are sitting on the fence. You know me, Spence. I always sit on the fence. <laughs> so you're never gonna get me to say who I think or what. It, all I know is that I'm excited for it. I see it as a 50-50 fight. What do you what do you what do you think is gonna happen?
1: I, I know he's gonna win that fight. Period. I know he's gonna win that fight. Um and and it's gonna be an upset. And that's all I'm saying on, on it for right now. It's going the fight's going to be upset. And it's the man truer. It's the man, it's the man that is truer to the authenticity of the sport that is gonna come out victorious in that fight. And it's the man that hasn't cheated himself that's gonna be victorious in that fight. I'm telling you this now. I've played this fight over time and time and time and time and time. In my head. And I know exactly what Tyson Fury would have to do to win that fight. And I definitely know exactly what Anthony Joshua would have to do to win that fight. Tyson Fury could potentially stop Anthony Joshua in about eight rounds in that fight. Right? But I'm telling you this now. Anthony Joshua could knock Tyson Fury out in six rounds. Because one's got an incredible outside game and can box circles around you, uh, and one's got a really good inside game in Anthony Joshua with a horrible uppercut. But you'd favor Tyson Fury to win, and I'm saying, I've begged in the past for Tyson Fury, sorry, for Anthony Joshua, to have boxing people around him. I believe that he has boxing people now around him. I think that's gonna help him. But if we're dealing with boxing IQ, then Tyson Fury's head head and shoulders above him. I'm just being real. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about that grit, that grit that Anthony Joshua has, especially after losing to Ruiz and coming back and winning, that could be the telling factor in the fight. It's gonna be an excellent fight. like I said, you will tip Tyson Fury to win that fight, but do not be surprised if Anthony Joshua doesn't knock him out in six rounds. Mm.
0: Well, all I know is based on the performance that Anthony Joshua had against Puliv, I was very impressed. I feel like in the last two fights, he's really kind of come far. You could see, not saying that he never, I I don't even want to say this incorrectly because I feel like it's going to come out incorrectly. Um, It's not saying that he wasn't learning along the way. It just seems like there had been a significant change somewhere along the way. Because he had better head movement, better footwork in the fight against Puliv. There were moments where it seemed like he was cautious with getting clipped. And so when a fighter loses, they often have that caution caution in them now. They they think they don't want to relive what could happen to them. But But both Tyson and Anthony have been knocked down before. Although Tyson hasn't been knocked out before um do you feel that that's gonna play a factor as well given that one has lost and then the other hasn't when it no
1: comes? no because no. it's about it's about desire okay and i think Anthony joshua was the seriousness of this fight and
0: but it's does, quite tyson, simple. does tyson fight anthony joshua the way he did against wilder in the first fight or wilder in the second fight
1: um I think that he boxed Anthony Joshua like how he fought Wilder in the second fight, but the thing with Tyson Fury, he's multifaceted, Mm -hmm. right? And he's got more strings to to his bow than what Anthony Joshua has. But what Anthony Joshua has, he's got that bite down on the gum shield, Wakanda forever. (laughs) He's got that, and I'm telling you, he's got that, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? if Annie Joshua goes into that fight and he's drunk that purple herb, whoo, it's gonna be a good fight, I'm <laughs> telling you. And I think I think that's what Annie Joshua is gonna bring to the table. It's like I've been the more I talk about this fight, seriously. I watched Tyson Fury and I know and I see flaws in Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. But it takes a very good man to to, to, to expose those flaws. And I know the flaws, but like I watch Andy Josh trying to see the flaws as well inside of him. So it's like both guys are, both guys have flaws. And, but I'm saying like both guys do do things excellently as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what makes this fight so intriguing. Right. And that's why the fight going to happen. And it's going to make a lot of money for both guys and boxing's going to win. <laughs>
0: Anyways, what I was, what I wanted to talk to you about is congratulations on your gig with MTK as a fight night analysis. Uh, our of uh, ESPN
1: Plus, thank you, thank yes,
0: you very much. Yes, congratulations. Um, there's been a lot of, of press swirling around MTK and everything going on. I just wanted to know if you wanted to touch on that a bit. Of uh, course, what do you want to know? Well, just most importantly, like what your thoughts were on the overall documentary that was that was done, what, what was it, about a week ago? aired about a week ago.
1: Did you see the documentary?
0: I, I, I had not seen the documentary.
1: Okay. Well,
0: I've heard about it, but I've not seen it because I'm here in America.
1: Okay. Um, I'll send it. I'll send it to you.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, it it was featured about Daniel Kinahan.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now I'm here to say. This is Spencer Brown speaking. Um, the person who. Who is, genuine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A person who is 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 loving and thoughtful and for a brain and an eye for business and i've got a ridiculous black book right everyone knows this i've got a ridiculous black book you're gonna have to wake up very early in the morning to 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 show me someone smarter than more loving than more caring and for fighters i've been in boxing for a long 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 time Right? I've been in boxing for over 40 years. I know I don't look it, but the grades are coming <laughs> through. Right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen all types of characters. But the thing with Daniel Kinahan, this man exposes people who are disingenuine, but they want to be around him to show them so that they are genuine. I've seen him look after fighters that should not have even fought or been in certain positions where it's been terrible. I don't want to sing the praise of the charitable work that the guy's done around the world in Africa, in the Middle East, mm-hmm. in his in his home country of Ireland, in, in, in the UK. I This is what I bear witness to. Right? So... I don't wanna hear anything of propaganda. He's a beautiful human being, is propaganda. If this man had a criminal record and everything else, then I can sit there. and say, Ooh, his family know my family,
2: mm-hmm. right? Mm.
1: He knows my children, I know his. Mm-hmm. Is he a good man? Incredibly good man, period, right? And not only that, what do you think of him?
0: You know what, I have only ever heard great things about him my this is my mentality you're innocent until proven guilty for someone who has no criminal record I can't I I don't I I keep hearing it's a witch hunt I haven't I haven't seen much from the documentaries whatever I I I don't know what was said specifically I just hear clips
1: but I will say it was badly made that's what I was it
0: it was
1: it, it was badly made and everybody, but the thing about it is this, like we as human beings, and because of the lockdown as well, people like sensationalism. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, oh, he's 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 the boss, yeah. He is the boss, mm-hmm. and the real cartel's boxing, and that guy, as what Sandra Vaughan said, if you're making any major deals within boxing and you're not speaking to Daniel Kinnahan, you're lying, and I one million percent agree with it. A good man a good man for boxing, period. This, this wish hunt that is going on for this guy is because they can't believe that someone coming from um, the society of where he has come from and the things that he has most probably seen growing up on the tough streets of Ireland to, in 15 years, rocking and shocking the whole world in making Frank Warren and Eddie Hearn sit down and smoke the peace pipe with Bob Arum to make the biggest fight in British boxing history. Mm -hmm. That's what this man has done, Mm -hmm. right? So I don't wanna hear no hearsay about this, that, and all the rest of it, because historically speaking, historically speaking, if we look at the court that are looking at this man, he made a statement the other day on TalkSport, which, if it was American, it would be unconstitutional The um, because the special um, crime court of Ireland, it's ridiculous what they're trying to do. You have a court system where you have only the judge and witnesses against you. No jury. That's ridiculous. Could you imagine? Could you imagine that happening in America?
0: Now i get what you're
1: saying right right you so i'm 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 saying again spare me you mean uh this is it, all i'm going
0: to that- say this when they when there was an accusation made where they said uh he was threatening media or th- threatening press
1: you know I
0: never I mean, and you know, I'm well in this industry, okay? Anything that goes on, whether or not I confirm it or, or whatever, I know what's happening in boxing. I have never heard such an absurd claim in my life. Thank I was you. like, wait, what? Like, are you kidding me? I've only ever heard good things about the man. That's it. That's all I've ever yeah. heard. And I'm like, yeah. I don't understand what's happening. And again, call me naive. I don't, I don't, um, I live in England part time, but I, I wasn't really up to par with what was going on and in the witch hunt as they were saying. And but but I'm 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 super confused because in my my mentality is this: you're innocent until proven guilty. If there was evidence, or if there's this or that, wouldn't he have some sort of criminal record? I'm just I'm 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 confused. Uh, by it. Sis,
1: so, sis, you've hit the nail on the head. Spare me, I you know, mean, just spare me. But um, the fact
0: claim was made that he's threatening media or intimidating anyone in the industry. I was like, that I will say is absolutely absurd. And I don't know who said that, who who claims that, but that is absolutely a lie.
1: Right, I I, I speak quite regularly, I, I'm gonna be real. I have been threatened by Daniel Kinahan, right? I'm gonna be real, I'll be real. I've been threatened by Daniel Kinahan because he was saying that I wasn't producing the best me. I want you to produce the best you, Spence.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. That was a threat. So, and it was a wake-up call for me to to dig a little deeper. And 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 what I mean, like that guy is a good man. There's loads of people in boxing who he's close with, who are frightened to speak about their relationship with him, mm-hmm. right? So I props more than anyone, Frank Warren. More than anyone, I props Frank Warren, mm-hmm. right? Bob Aaron's always been Bob Aaron. Bob Aaron, big him up. <laughs> Eddie Hearn, big him up. Frank Smith, big him up. All these, these guys, yeah, you know why? Because if this man was so bad, I know for a fact, not for a pound, note because a lot of these guys will put morals over money. They wouldn't have nothing to do with him. And you cannot be around that guy. He has, he's, he has an insatiable lackability. Mm-hmm. I'm just being real. And I've been in the newspapers and the press before when I've spoken about this man, as far as I am concerned, right? He's a good man. Mm. He's good people. And let the man get on and continue doing what he's doing because he's inspiring people right so i don't i don't business Here's... about what they're trying to blame a man about and all the rest of it i'm telling everybody the man that points his finger has three fingers pointed back at him and be careful as scripture says to take the mud out of my eyes when you're not removing the beam that's in your own.
0: And here's another misconception is people often say, oh, well, you're just saying that because, you know, you're in business or you're you're doing this, you're doing that. I'm going to speak from an outsider and say that that's not true because, you know, look at me for an example. Um, I have nothing to gain monetary wise for, for even giving my side in terms of being press and never ha- ever ever having heard a negative thing or a threat being made or anything like that i mean ever so we can't say that that's what that is because you often hear oh well he's defending him because you know they're sponsored yeah. they're the, you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. i can say right. like well i'm i'm not and i'm i've never heard i i i'm, I'm baffled by half of the stuff that's said, but again-
1: Go talk to the boxers. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Go talk to the boxers. Go and talk to the boxers, right? Go mm-hmm. talk to Pete McDonnell, right? Go and, go and talk, go and talk to Tommy Gunn. I'm not talking about um, um, big celebrity guys. I'm talking about the lowest down the line. Go talk to those guys, mm-hmm. right? Go talk to, go talk to O'Hara Davis. Go and talk to, I could go through a whole list of guys who ain't superstars, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But have been in the company of this man and this man has advised him and the advice that he's given to you, he gives to himself, right? As we're taught in scripture to love for your brother what you love for yourself, mm-hmm. I 100% could put my hand on my heart and say that man actually loves for others what he'd love for himself. And if he's got a plate of food, he'll cut that plate of food in half and make sure that you get extra rice grain. I've seen this, what he's done for fighters, so I'm going to tell people, spare me. And also on this MTK Global link, where people are talking about, the man advises people inside MTK Global like he advises people at Matchroom, like he advises people at at Queensbury. Mm -hmm. Right? He don't run MTK Global. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling to everyone to spare right. with the, the lies and the propaganda and, and there's certain people in America, like right, Oh I'm going to touch on soon, who should behave themselves because it's like, it's crazy. Like people said, oh man, Spencer's in the mob, he's in the mob, yeah? It's like, spare me, man. <laughs>
0: You're <almost> like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <not> <laughs> I'm saying, but half, no
2: longer, right? half
0: the stuff you read on... Like on Instagram or Twitter, and you hear about it, you're just like, what? Where did that even come from? Like, what are you talking about?
1: Right. So, exactly. I'm like, I said, live and let live. And I'm saying it and I'm saying it again Daniel Kinnahan's good people. I stand uh, by Daniel Kinnahan um, uh, because he's good people, he's a good man, good family man, good spiritual man and he literally wants people to do to, to do well. And apart from that, when it comes to business, the guy is a genius. I'm telling you this now, he's a genius. And you have to be a genius. If you can make Bob Aram, Frank Warren, and Eddie Hearn all sit down and chop up a deal, then you must be a genius, okay? And if anyone who loves boxing, I'm telling you this now, you should have a picture of Daniel Kinnan in your house. And that's that because <laughs> Right. I'm, te- I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be real right now. Daniel Kinahan could be the messiah of boxing. Mm. I've said it. That's your soundbite. All right.
0: <laughs> All right, Spence. Well, thank you so much for um, sitting down with me and talking with me.
1: You're blessed. Cougar didn't get this from me, so don't worry.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm about to say, I'm like, oh, man, do I have to race to get this up? No, I'm going to put this now- up tomorrow. It's late there now. You, you,
1: right now. You, put it up, you put it up when it when you when you do, and I want everybody to realize this, especially as we're living in this pandemic right now, waking up is such an underrated blessing. Yeah. So if you if you have woken up in the morning and you've got a roof over your head, food in the fridge, and you know where your next meal is coming from, and you're healthy, you have won. Don't just count your blessings, but live them. And on that note, bye, Fight Fans.
0: (laughs) Hey, Fight Fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you do so by clicking this icon right here, or else,